You're listening to the weekly podcast of Liberty Baptist Church in Bristol, Connecticut. We pray you enjoy today's message. No matter what's going on, it can always be well with our souls. Thankful for our baptisms this morning and uh, the four that did that. If you have any questions about baptism, what it means to trust in Jesus as your Savior, or why to be baptized if it doesn't save you, I'd love to talk to you about that. At this time, I'd like to dismiss our kids for junior church. It's three years old to third grade. You can make your way to the front of the auditorium and off to the right here. Parents, they're going down to get a lesson at their level. And if it's your first time here, you're welcome to go down and see that if you'd like to know where it's at. They are on their way. They're excited. I'm going to put a camera in the parking lot so we can see how excited you all are running into the service. I want to see Bibles in hands just jogging on in here. That would be great. Oh, we got a boot issue. That happens. All right. That's awesome. Open your Bibles, please. We're going to be in the book of Job. Job chapter 1. It's a book in the Old Testament there. We'll get to that in just a second. Well, again, happy Father's Day. I'm very thankful for Father's Day. I enjoy it. I I love celebrating. I posted a picture online of my celebrations. Today, we have steak. I'm thankful for a wife that says on Mother's Day she wants steak. So these are are just really great days for me, and I'm very, very excited about going home to do that. I was talking to a guy recently, and, you know, he's not a father yet, hopes to be one day, and he told me how much he just loves dad jokes, and I was kind of puzzled. You know, I looked at him, and I just said, doesn't that make you a faux pas? There you go. There you go. You you saw it coming, right? I try. There's a reason I have a day job. Seriously, though, I'm very thankful just to be the pastor of the church, and uh, there's such a great community here. Uh, We really have a great uh, melting pot of people at Liberty Baptist from Bristol and from just all across different places of Connecticut. Some of you drive about an hour or so to even come to church here, and I'm just so grateful for you. I don't want to dismiss that. Uh, One couple I wanted to highlight is actually Rob and Lori Osinkowski. They uh, do Lights on Rosewood. Have you guys ever seen that? If you haven't, then you should. It's really good. Uh, but they do uh, big shows in October and in December and raise money for charity and different things like that. And recently, they won a trip by having the best house in a contest on uh, like Kate and Kelly or something like that. I don't know. Uh, what was it? Kelly and Ryan, whoever that is. Uh, but they won a contest, and they got to go to Hawaii, free trip for that. They went down there, and i got to be honest, I was a little surprised that they weren't arrested. They're a funny couple, they have a lot of fun and stuff together, and they're always laughing and stuff, and I don't know if you know this or not, but in Hawaii, it's actually illegal to laugh out loud. They only allow aloha. <laughs> All of that for that right there, can you believe it? Oh my goodness, guys, I'm so sorry. We're, I'm not, no, it was fun. I've been planning that all week, all week, all right? We're talking about a father's character today. And this isn't leading to a joke, although there are a couple more in the outline. We'll just see how the Lord leads there. But on Mother's Day, we saw a mother's compassion, and we saw the compassion of our Heavenly Father. Today, we're going to look in the Scripture and see the character of a father. We're going to see our Heavenly Father's character. And we're most importantly going to see how we, as not just fathers, but as followers of Jesus, can have these character traits in our own life. We just come out of a series in First Peter where we talked about being set apart or holy for the Lord. And we understand that when people see our actions and they know us, it, just doesn't, ref- it doesn't just reflect on us, it reflects on our Savior. And so even as a father, as a follower of Jesus, you have to understand that your character has a great impact on those around you. 
So we're going to do three things today. We're going to look at a father's character as it's defined. We're going to see how it's developed, and then we're going to talk about how it's delivered. But in the book of Job here, we have in Job chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, some very short statements on, on the man, Job. Some of you may not know this, but the book of Job is actually considered to be the first book of the Bible written. It's considered to be older than Genesis. Now, obviously, Genesis, chronologically speaking, in time is the first because in the beginning, God. So, but this is considered to be the oldest written one, written by, I believe, Moses. And it depicts a true story that took place with this man, Job. And these first few verses describe Job. And should challenge us men as fathers. And should challenge all of us as followers of Jesus to ask the question, are these things said about me? And then then we have to follow it up with, if not, what can I do so that they are? So let's look at Job chapter 1, verses 1 through 5 here, and and just see uh, a father's character defined. There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. And that man was perfect and upright. And one that feared God and eschewed evil. And there were born unto him seven sons and three daughters. His substance also was 7,000 sheep and 3,000 camels, and 500 yoke of oxen, and 500 she asses, and a very great household, so that this man was the greatest of all the men of the east. And his sons went and feasted in their houses, every one his day, and sent and called for their three sisters to eat and to drink with them. And it was so, when the days of their feasting were gone about, that Job sent and sanctified them, and rose up early in the morning, and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, It may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. There's a lot of great things said about that guy. He was perfect and upright. This means he was a complete integrity. And I don't know how many of you eschew something every now and then, but to eschew something means to turn away from. He turned away from evil. He was the greatest man in the East, and it was his regular practice to sacrifice and pray. Hang on. To give sacrifices to God and pray for his children. I almost said sacrifice and pray for his children. That's not what we're teaching today. But he would go to God on behalf of his kids. This is a good guy, right? Now, we don't know Joe, but when we read about him, we assume and we can tell him, man, this is a good guy. This guy's got some great character traits. Now, the word character comes from a Greek word that sounds something like caricature in its original language. And that word was used to describe a tool that would make an imprint on stone. And then you would have whatever was left there. And now it has developed into two primary definitions. One, the character of an individual as we think about it, or the term used to describe a character in a movie. I know, I use the definition, in, I use the word in the definition, but I think you got it. We hear this word, and we often talk about people as their character. I need to burst your bubble on some things. Bruce Willis did not destroy an asteroid to save Earth. I know, I know. Keanu Reeves did not bend space-time to allow bullets to fly past him. But his character did. That character is what made the imprint on us. How, in acting, they teach them, and you talk about, I have to develop the character. I have to get in character. 
And they get in that character in order to be able to make an impression upon the people that are seeing that something different than who they actually are. As we follow Jesus, there's going to be times in our lives when we understand we're going to make an impact on those that are around us. And we need to be in character in order to do that for Christ. There's a difference, though, between Keanu Reeves becoming Neo, Bruce Willis becoming the guy in Armageddon, and Mel Gibson becoming the guy in The Patriot. They're performing a show that only changes who they are on the outside. But as we follow after Jesus... Our character comes from not what we do on the outside, but how much we let him affect us on the inside. And then it gets worked out. Now, there are three character traits of Job that I want to point out to you that I think as a father and as a follower of Jesus are important for you to have. And we're summing up a lot of his into three. Integrity, spirituality, and communication of faith. You know, we're all known for something. Job was known for these three things. Being Father's Day, I can hit on the big topics dads are known for. Hunting, fishing, grilling. And I'm I'm using my southern accent because there's no G at the end of that, just so we're clear. Maybe working on cars. You're known for something. Or how bad you work on a car based on that response. You know, when it comes to grilling, if you come to my house, you're, you're going to find out I'm known for liking my burgers a little on the medium side. Thank you. That wasn't even a joke. I'm doing good this morning. But then there's guys like Tony, who when we hear Tony's cooking, we're coming. All right, guys? And I think Dave's coming up for it because he, brisket, is that what you're doing? What is it? Pork loins. There's a pork loin for the men's breakfast coming up. Sign up online. I'll pause for y'all to let that sink in for a minute. But they're known for how, these things that they cook. Now, I could, I could cook a pork loin. It is not going to be as good as David Tony's. You know, maybe you're someone who works on cars. Let's see Eddie over here. Eddie is the best mechanic ever in the world. <laughs> Many of you have went to Eddie before, all right? I go to Eddie. I can work on a car too, you know. I could change brakes. I could rotate tires and change oil. But that man will break your motor down with a blindfold on and put it back for fun. There's things that you're known for. And it's often not the, the end result that you're known for. I don't just know Tony or Dave or Eddie based upon what it is that they can do. I know them because of how they do it. See, our character traits are often thought of as as what we do, but it's really not what we do. It's how we do it. As you go through life, you have to make the decision to do things in a godly manner. If you're a business owner, if you're a boss somewhere, did you know that sometimes you have to fire an employee? How you do that is going to show more of your character than what you actually have to do. So you could fire someone and still be friends. Or you cannot. What you do in life, again, you're known more for how it came about than what actually came about. Because God's not concerned with your results. We're the ones concerned with the results. The results are in His hands. He takes care of those. He doesn't care about those. 
He's asking you if you're following him faithfully to see his results come to fruition. Is your character one that says my life is about God or it's about me? Integrity, spirituality, communication of faith. Job was a man known for these three things. And men, if I can speak to you directly on this Father's Day for a minute, I'm afraid there's too many of us that are being known for being the strong and silent type when it comes to the things of God. I want to challenge you, encourage you. It's time to step up and be the meek and megaphone type when it comes to the things of God. It's time to be the one that has the strength under control and doesn't have to always be right. It's time to be the one that elevates Jesus above ourselves. It's time to be the ones that are willing to speak the name of Christ in any place, anytime, anywhere. Be willing to pray with someone. Be willing to open our mouths and speak Jesus. Be willing to be someone that's looked at and said, that's that Jesus guy. You see, you can pray, but if you don't pray in the name of Jesus, they don't know who you're praying to. You see, you can do a lot of things, but if they don't know that it's because of and for Jesus, then who is it for? Your character is not defined by just what you do. It's defined by how you do it. Job was not, I say that because you have to know, in the land of Uz, which if I'm thinking correctly, here's where Abraham came out of, or in that area, geographically speaking, spirituality was a common thing. Abraham, for those that don't know, is the father of the nation of Israel. God came to him and promised him a great nation, children more numbered than the stars. And he told him that, that he would provide that to him. But in this area, a polytheistic view was very common. The word polytheism means many gods. Job was in that same area. He could have prayed. He could have given sacrifices. But who was it to? Who was it for? Guys, you can, you can get a job. You make a lot of money. You can do a lot of things. But who is it for? You can tell your kids to do a lot of nice stuff. You can lead them in prayer. You can do all this stuff. But who is it for? Who are you pointing to? Why are you doing what you're doing? Your character will be seen more in how you do what you do more than what you do. Now, if you're like me, you were not born a person with humility. You were not born a humble person. If you were like me, you may have grew up in an area to where your mouth began to represent the world more than it represented Jesus. If you're like me, you still deal with some of those issues. Not the mouth thing. Sometimes. What I'm getting at is you weren't always full of integrity, a spiritual life lived for Jesus, or communicating your faith. The good news for you and I, as a father or as a follower of Jesus, is you don't have to stay there. Because a father's character is developed. We're going to look at the Apostle Paul for this. The Apostle Paul is in the New Testament. You read in the book of Acts of a man named Saul. Rick has a great story about going from Saul to Paul. You should talk to him about it someday. But Saul was a man that stood there, we believe, at the stoning of Stephen. Stephen was one of the first deacons of the early church. and He stood there and is asking forgiveness for the people around him, but is being, having large stones thrown at him from the people because he was preaching Jesus. And when they lay the, the clothes of Stephen down at a man's feet, it's believed to be a man named Saul. 
Now, as you continue to read through the book of Acts, you come to find that this man, Saul, begins to uh, run a crusade against Christians. And I mean that in the literal sense of the word. He would get letters from the, the priests and from the judicial people so that he could go and murder Christians. And he could call others to murder Christians. He was persecuting, truly persecuting, not just shadow banning on Facebook, truly persecuting people of faith. But then on the road to Damascus, whenever he was riding his horse with other people going up through there, he gets knocked off of his high horse in the literal sense and, phys- and metaphorically speaking. And a bright light shines around him, and he says, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And the voice of Jesus is now speaking to him, the one that he is against. And after this event, Saul's blinded and ends up going to a place where he meets a man that prays for him. His sight is returned. And then after many years of training there, he becomes the first missionary and goes and plants churches all across that region. Saul was not the same man after his encounter with Jesus that he was before his encounter with Jesus. His character changed. Not just what he did, but how he did things. A man known for murdering people at one point in his life is preaching Jesus. They throw stones at him, and you got to think about it, y'all. He had killed people. If you throw stones at a guy that has killed people before, what do you think he's going to do to you? But yet instead of rising up and, and seeking to lead up a gang against them to kill them, he goes out, he gets out of town, and he goes and keeps preaching Jesus somewhere else, and then he comes back, and he preaches Jesus some more. Saul was a changed man. His character had been developed. Now, as your pastor, there's times that I like to be transparent and share things with you, and I don't want you to get mad at me for what I'm about to say, so can I have your permission to be transparent and you not get mad? Okay, good. You said yes. There is a statement I hear from time to time I absolutely despise. It makes my skin crawl. And it's this. That's just the way I am. All right, Jerry. Hold them. I hate those words. It is so antithetical to the gospel of Jesus Christ, it needs to be removed from every Christian's dictionary. It's just the way I am. If you are a person that says, I believe in Jesus Christ, death, burial, and resurrection for my salvation, meaning I now believe, I believe the word of God, and we say, well, that's just how. I'm going to make that different. Oh, but now here's where the fun comes in. I'm not going to force it. You have to yield. You have to change. You have to be willing to obey my spirit. 
Think about this for a minute. If you had a 12-year-old in your life that has no mental disabilities and no reason that this should be happening, but they are not potty trained because that's just who they are, how would your conversations be? First off, if that's you as a parent, we need to talk. But we'd say, that's crazy. Why would you let them just sit around in this mess? Well, that's just who they are. That's stupid. I don't know about you, but I lived my life not as a follower of Jesus. I was out in the world. I was doing those things. I I know what that's like. I know what it is to sit in my own mess. Hey, I don't want to sit in my own mess anymore. So i got to make a decision. i got to go to the one that can show me how not to be in my own mess anymore. And i got to yield to what he says. And i got to obey him. And i got to remove myself. i got to get my stony heart of flesh out and let him put that new heart of flesh in. It can be changed. You can be changed. Not because you could form, not because you wear the right clothes, not because you say the right things, but because you open your heart to God and allow Him to change you from the inside out. I was sitting at Craig's house last night making cookie bowls with ice cream, and Neapolitan ice cream is good in those cookie bowls. You're welcome, Amy. That's a whole other story. We started talking about boot camp, and I turned on drill instructor videos. Let me tell you right now, you want to get changed? I know some guys. Because we, we heard an East went through boot camp we were talking about. We turned it on, and I'm just sitting there. And now I'm laughing the entire time. But if you've ever watched this stuff, you know, like, they hate you. See, they change you from the inside out. God changes you from the outside in. But you have to be willing to listen. You have to be willing to obey. You have to be willing to admit, God, my integrity is not where it needs to be. I need to change that. God, I need you to change that inside me. God, I'm, I'm not, I don't have a prayer life. I don't have my spiritual life right. I need you to work in my heart. God, I, I don't talk about you enough. I don't tell people about my faith. I, I need you. I need you to give me boldness. Give me words. Give me courage. And then when the opportunity comes and the Spirit leads, you get to yield. And now when you yield, it will feel different. It might feel a little weird. But it gets more comfortable over time. Is there anyone in here today that cannot whistle? Any of you? A couple of you just shaking your head like, yeah, I can't whistle. Okay, great. There was a time in my life when I couldn't whistle, and I sounded maybe like you do. (laughs) And during that time of my life, if I wanted to whistle, I had to get a whistle. I'm going to cover up two of these just to try to save us. Rick, watch the fader. If I couldn't whistle, I would need some help whistling. And I could use this tool here. That didn't work. I love you, whoever you are. Now I can whistle. Now, if you knew me as someone that couldn't whistle and you knew that I had trouble doing that, and then off at a distance you hear someone, you are not going to think, that's me whistling. And then you're going to walk around and you're going to see, I'm whistling. I'm making the whistling noise. And you're going to come up to me and go, hey, I didn't know you did that. I didn't know that could happen. 
I, I, I didn't know that was something that you were about. And what do I get to tell them? Like, yeah, no, 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 I didn't used to be able to, but now I got this tool that helps me whistle. Y'all figured it out yet? I got this tool that, that helps me to whistle and, and whistle the way I'm supposed to whistle. And it lets it sound and be heard and be seen the way it's supposed to be. And now as I go on in my life and I begin to be able to whistle, that means I'm going to hang out with more whistlers because it's cool to be around whistlers when you can whistle. Because if you can't whistle and you're around people whistling, I know you feel excluded, but we love you. But now I'm a person that can whistle, so I'm going to be around whistlers. And I'm going to see them whistling. I'm going to be like, oh, wow, okay, yeah, hey, I got my... And then, and then one day, I'm going to go from... to. Hey, it kind of it kind it kind of works now. I might still need this. Oh, now I'm gonna see. I'm gonna be around some other people. And then I'm gonna sit there. I'm gonna. And now it's natural for me to whistle. And now people know me as a whistler. I love you. Stop. That was a hearing aid, I'm sorry. Anyways. <laughs> we were in like a really good moment there, guys. I'm sorry, but my bad, my bad. <sighs> now I'm known as a whistler. I'm known as someone that can whistle. People see me and they're like, hey, that guy's a whistler. That guy can, hey, whistle for us. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm whistling all over the place. Everybody knows I'm a whistler. I don't, I don't have to use the tool anymore. Because now it's a part of who I am. And so I don't have to refer back to it. You know, God's given you a tool to show you what it is you need to do, what decisions you need to make, how you need to respond. And it's it, it, it long. Like there's a, lot of book, there's a lot of books in here, a lot of words, few pictures, unless you get one of those great study Bibles our graduates just got. And there's passages inside of this that you may need to go back to constantly. And you may need to go back to and you may need to remind yourself. And that's going to help you to make that decision when that time comes. But there's going to be a day where you're going to be out in public and your Bible's going to be at home and you're going to be forced with the situation. And then you're going to remember, oh yeah, blessed are the meek, for they share in heart the earth. I'm going to be meek. You see, God's given you a tool. And you can use it as much as you want. And there will be a time when that tool is not just going to exist here, but it exists in here. And it becomes a part of who you are. By being around other people that are using that same tool, that are who you are desiring for God to make you into. You see, if I want to be a brawler, I'm going to go to a bar and hang out on Saturday nights and brawls. If I want to be a Christian, I'm going to be around people that follow Jesus. If I want to be humble, I want to be around humble people. If I want to be meek, I want to be around meek people. And then it becomes who you are. You see, this is the problem with imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome tells you that you're doing something that's not who you are. <laughs> that's how it feels at first. But then the more you do it, the more you follow Jesus, the more being a follower of Jesus becomes who you are. And that's how a father's character is delivered. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 5 through 9. 
and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. Notice it goes from what he says to what's in here. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy, say that word, children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up, and when thou shalt and then and thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thy head, and, and thou shalt be frontlets between thine eyes, and thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house and on thy gates. Moses is talking to the nation of Israel here, specifically given instruction on the transmission of the law and the word of God. And he doesn't tell them, hey, take, t- send them to the schoolhouse and they'll teach them. He doesn't say, let the government come in and tell them what it says. He says, moms and dads, this is your job. You talk about Jesus. You speak truth to your children when you lay down and when you rise up. The name of Jesus should not be an uncommon name mentioned in a Christian's home. Scripture should not be an uncommon thing to be quoted or said. And you may not be able to quote it exactly right, but let it be imprinted upon your heart so that you could speak to it. I believe Moses points this direction, again, under, under uh, the leading of God writing Deuteronomy. He gives this instruction to the parents for the children because the source of information that you use to define and develop your character is important. Have you ever watched the movie The Case for Christ? Have you ever seen that? 2017, great movie. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. I watched it for the first time this year. Great movie. In that movie, uh, Lee, Lee Strobel, right? That's his name. Lee Strobel, the guy. He's a journalist for, I think, the Chicago Tribune or something. And he goes out to write this story on a criminal that is, uh, going, is arrested and is in court, and he had shot a cop. So he's going out and he writes this story. And if you haven't seen the movie, I'm kind of going to ruin it for you, but I think you get the premise of the movie anyway. But he, uh, he goes out and he, write, he writes a story. And as he, he writes a story, and then he publishes a story based on talking to various different people. And the story basically says the guy's a cop killer. And he gets, he gets uh, arraigned or he gets sentenced and he goes to jail. And so he, uh, he is doing this. He writes a story. He puts it out here. The guy gets arraigned. Well, then they find out it was a lie to protect another cop. And so now he's got to go back and tell his editor, hey, my bad. We've got to print a retraction. Editor was not too happy about that. Let me tell you who, who really wasn't happy about that was the guy that got put in prison because of the story. You see, where you get the source of your information that deter- defines and develops your character is going to be delivered to others and have an impact. If you have the right source and the right information that's defined your character for you and allowing you to develop it as you grow, and when you begin to deliver that character, those character traits to others, you can either impact them appropriately or send them to a much worse place. 
Because I believe there are more people that do not follow after Jesus and trust in him as their Savior, not because of who he is and what he has done, but because of the Christians that have claimed his name and lived out character traits that were not informed by the Bible. There are more sons and daughters that have went wayward, away from church, not because the pastor preached heresy, not because the songs weren't cool enough, not because the place wasn't nice enough, not because of anything of that nature, but because who mom and dad were on Sunday wasn't who mom and dad were on Monday, and that caused some problems. Because it showed that everything you believe, mom and dad, is a lie, because you're a hypocrite, and they found their information somewhere else. But when we choose to get our information directly from the source that God gave us to get it, and we define our character based upon what he says it should be, we develop it based on how he says it should be developed, and we deliver it based on how he says it should be delivered, then there's no arguing about who we are or who he is. Fathers, you have an amazing impact on your families. I shared with you last week or two weeks ago the, the burden I personally bear myself as a, a pastor and a father. I preach principles and truths from the Word of God. And I wish I could tell you every day of my life I wake up and I walk the straight and narrow path onto the heavenly gates and I'm going to be known as the perfect Christian one day. Uh, no. And neither are you. But my question for you is are you trying to stay just the way you are or are you going to God, let him remove that stony heart of flesh and put it on a new heart of flesh so that he can let old things pass away and all things become new based upon his word? Dads, I hope you enjoy being celebrated today. But I hope you enjoy celebrating your heavenly father with your family every day. Would you bow with me, please? At the end of every message, we have what's known as a time of response. Dads, I want to talk directly to you for just a minute. Whether you're a follower of Jesus or you're not a follower of Jesus, who you are, how you act, what you do is going to have an impact on those closest to you. Is it an impact you want? Or have you, have you went astray? Have you chosen another source to guide you? Have you allowed the distractions of the world and of life to begin to creep into your heart and that's what's being lived out in your home? Hey dads, what no better day than today to decide. I don't have to be who I was. I could be who God wants me to be based on his word and his ways. Dads, I hope the thoughts of your children going away from God break your heart. And I pray that like me, you will have that prayer of, Lord, please let me do everything possible. God, use me in every way you can to keep them following you. Parents, there are some of you today that have children that have walked away from the faith. As much as an emphasis as I place on us, you have to understand at one point they had to make their own decisions. And I know your heart is breaking. Your Heavenly Father loves them as much as He loves you. And I pray He'll get their attention. Maybe that's you this morning. You walked away from your faith. You walked away from God. You chose to live your own life and you've never followed Jesus at all. 
This morning you need to put your faith in him. That's very easy to do. The gospel says that Jesus Christ was the son of God that died on the cross for your sins. And on the third day he rose again. And if you believe he is the son of God and did just that, the Bible says you're saved. You confirm that with a prayer in your own seat right now. You can say something like this. As every Christian here is praying for you that don't know Jesus, is praying for you that don't know what it means to have a loving, compassionate, heavenly Father. A Father that's not looking at you to say you need to do more, you need to be more, you need to do this and that for me to love you. You need to give, you need to serve, you need to this, you need to do all that for me to love you. He's a heavenly Father that said you are enough. Here's my son, Jesus. And all you have to do is choose to believe by faith. You can say something like this, Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, and I believe you're my Savior. You died on the cross and rose again. I'm trusting you now and ask you to come into my life and change me from the inside out. Christians, those who follow Jesus, today I hope whether you're a father or not, you were challenged. Challenged on your character, challenged on who you are and who God wants you to be. Are you growing in that way or have you sat and said, this is just who I am? That's the thing I love about following Jesus. I don't ever have to stay who I am because he'll keep growing me into who he wants me to be. If you trusted in Jesus as your Savior, I'd love to talk with you after the service. If you're here today and you recommitted your life to the Lord, you made a decision for Christ, I'd love for you to share it with me so I could pray for you, so I can encourage you. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you and praise you for your Son. We thank you for being our Heavenly Father. Thank you for the reminder of men in Scripture, like Job, who had the character traits we all seek for you to develop in us. And Lord, I praise you for Paul. And seeing him as a man that was not following you. Seeing him as someone that was murdering people. And then what you did in his life, I know you could do in each and every one of ours. God, I pray. There's been someone this morning that's trusted in you as, your savior, as their Savior. I pray there's been a father. I pray there's been a follower of Jesus that's recognized. They got off track and have made that decision to come back to you, to follow you so that others may know. It's in your name we pray. Amen. I want to thank you guys again for your time and your attention this morning. I have one last announcement. It's kind of a personal one for me, but uh, I'd like to share it with you, especially for all you dads on this Father's Day, because there's a few of us here, and uh, there's been a team of people that's worked on it. For Liberty Baptist, we're providing everything for free. So if you uh, listen to what I'm about to talk about, you can get everything uh, for free that we produce. We've started a podcast called Man After God. The purpose of this podcast is to equip men to achieve godly success with a thriving faith and family. We launched today. I'd love for you to go to Apple, YouTube, or whatever. Craig and I are hosting and co-hosting uh, the first few episodes, and I'm seeking to reach out to my network to get people to speak into the lives of men. Because too many of you men either have one of two problems. You have one problem that says, I can't be successful in life because as a Christian, I'm supposed to be poor, broke, and hungry. Wrong. 
And then there's some that go the other way and decide I'm going to achieve success, but to hell with my faith and my family. It's my desire as a pastor and as a man after God to, to help you as you pursue that. So we've got amazing content for you. I'd love for you to listen to it. And again, any of our paid stuff, it's all free to anyone who attends Liberty Baptist Church. I'm not making a dime off of a person sitting here. And if you ever want to be on there, talk to me and we'll see what we can do. I've had a lot of fun with you today. And I hope some of you learn to whistle that don't know how to. And I hope you go enjoy an amazing Father's Day. God bless you guys. Let's stand and sing. Thank you for joining us. Please like our podcast and leave us a five-star review. God bless and have an amazing week.